We continue through our series on uh, spiritual gifts. And so if you've got a Bible or you want to follow it, we're in 1 Corinthians 12. And particularly today, uh, we're going to look at the gift of healing. So just remember what I just said there, the gift of healing. Okay? So, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, We've heard this a bit, but I wasn't here last week, so I'm going to read it to you again. And remind us that the whole Trinity is involved, which we often uh, often miss. Now, uh, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So if you call Jesus Lord, it's because God has drawn himself uh, to, uh, drawn yourself to him. So verse uh, 4, there are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit. You see that's the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. The word there is curious, so that's Jesus. So we have the Spirit, and we have Jesus. And there are different kinds of working, but the same God, and that is the Father God. So you've got the whole Trinity is involved in giving these gifts, although we say they are spiritual gifts or gifts of the Spirit. And uh, the same God works all of them in all people. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So it's to benefit everybody. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. And we're going to leave it there. So can you spot, first of all, uh, my mistake when I introduced it? And something that probably we all do when I listen to people when I talk about the gift of healing. Gifts. Who said that? Well, it's Dave, isn't it? I should have expected that. It's the gifts. It's plural. We often say the gift a spiritual gift of healing. But in fact, the Bible, uh, not only in here, it says it in verse 27 and 28 uh, as well, talks about the gifts as well. So uh, verse 27 and 28, you're the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. God has appointed apostles, prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing. And in this passage that we're looking um, here, it says to another, gifts of healing. It's not just one. We often think the physical, but there are gifts of healing. There's different uh, types. So as I read my Bible and also drawing from my own experience, um, I've realized uh, there are many different kinds of gifts of healing. So I remember one, uh, not here, but I was praying for a, a lady after a service one time and uh, she just said to me, I feel you know, just angry all the time and I feel like there's this oppression. I didn't really have much experience about anything uh, in those days. Not much has changed. I'm learning as I go along. But it was very early days and I kind of noticed that her eyes didn't seem quite right but I thought I didn't really think too much of it. And I started praying for her and all of a sudden there was demonic activity and I couldn't believe it because I'd never been exposed to that before. So there was a healing given uh, from a very spiritual warfare, a power encounter type of thing. And she was set free and it was an ongoing journey, but she became less angry, less oppressed, and, and actually her eyes changed. Um, and and that, that was the first time for me that I thought, well, I'll just pray for this lady. Uh, and I realised it wasn't a physical healing, it was a, it was a spiritual healing. Physical is the obvious one, isn't it? Because physical, we can see it. You know, if someone's walking with a limp, or if they've got a headache and they tell us we've got a headache, there's a, there's a rationale. You know, when it's in the spiritual realms or demonic influence, hard sometimes uh, to get our heads around that, but it's, it's in the Bible, and it's all over the Bible, and it is an experience as well. But physical is the obvious one. Um, often, for many people, it's the only one that they'll ever pray for. Uh, yet the Bible has many different examples of healings. And I think it's because we see it. 
and there's a need and we can respond to it. There's emotional healing. People uh, don't have that wholeness. Maybe they're lacking self-esteem or self-worth. They're missing that shalom that God would have in each and every believer. And I've prayed for people on an emotional level as well. And sometimes that's a journey. We know the current trend, or not trend, the current uh, challenge to us is mental health. You know, people struggling uh, with mental health, and we want to pray for them and lift them up in prayer. Broken relationships. You know, that's, you can see healing in broken relationships. I've seen people that have been prayed for turn from enemies with each other to friends. I've seen marriages get restored when, when they've been in trouble and people come to you and they ask to prayer and you lead them in the way of the Bible and you see marriages and relationships restored. Even church relationships where people have been hurt because we're not perfect, um, we're a room full of sinners and we can get it wrong sometimes. But the Bible talks about forgiving one another, forgive whatever grievance we've got against one another, bear each other up, uh, become like Jesus, that Philippians 2 passage, Katie uh, read, he humbled himself to obedience, even to obedience to death on the cross. We have to, uh, we have to realise that healing comes on many different facets. Uh, it could be demonic, could be physical, could be emotional, could be mental, could be um, relational. And it seems that Paul didn't think that one healing gift operated all the time for all people. He's made a shift in the, in the passage we read from the, some of the offices of ministry, teachers, apostles, etc., to the gifts. Now, if it's a gift, a gift is the will of God and not of people. It's not something I can demand. It's not something I can say I've always got. It's something that may be given. That's what a gift is. Uh, to demand it and take it without asking is stealing. A gift is something that God gifts. It's not uh, the will of me, it's the will of God. It doesn't mean that if someone's had that gift uh, or they've prayed for a healing before and it's happened, it's going to happen every time. That puts too much emphasis on them and not on God. Although it's fair to say some people do seem to have a special anointing in healing ministry and that's okay as well. And I suppose the challenge for us this morning is that we all know circumstances where we haven't seen healing. We've got plenty of stories and testimony of people uh, who have been healed, but equally, I bet out there, and me as well, we know examples of people where we've prayed and prayed, we've fasted, we've anointed with oil, we've got the elders, and it just hasn't happened. And, and we need to have, a, a, and it's brief today, but a theology um, about that. The Bible um, has examples of lingering illness. We, we tend to see, oh, I'm going to pray and they're going to be healed like that. But my experience is sometimes that happens, but rarely. But more often, more often it's an ongoing journey that sometimes people reach a low, especially emotionally and mentally, and they reach a low. But then you see a couple of years down the road, you think, actually, God was answering that prayer. But, But we didn't see it. And because we didn't see it immediately, it's easy to give up. Sometimes there doesn't seem to be any breakthrough, but we're not to give up. And sometimes there won't be a breakthrough, but in my experience, normally there is. So don't give up. There's examples of lingering illness. 1 Timothy 5.23, Paul's writing to this young pastor at the church in Ephesus to Timothy. He says, stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illness. So here we've got this godly man, Timothy, frequent illness. And I know in ministry and speaking to other ministers, we are not guard, we're not, we get ill, we get sick, and especially at important times of the year. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Pe- Preachers, we hear all these good things and 5,000 people at Surrey Music Hall and all the healings and everything that was well on. But he suffered from depression. He had to go away. He suffered from gout. He had to go to France to just recuperate all the time. There is a cost 
sometimes as well. We're not immune to that. 2 Timothy 4, verse 20, Erastus stayed in Corinth, and Paul said, I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. He left him there sick. Paul's not, Paul's not um, this horrible man that doesn't want to pray for people. He left him there sick. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, talking about himself as a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. We don't know what that is. Was it this discouragement? Was it, was it uh, physical, mental, emotional? We don't know, but he had a thorn in his flesh. Did he want it? No, he didn't, because in verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Verse 9, God answers, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I can tell you that, and it's not only preachers and leaders of worship, it could be all of you as well, but I know that um, sometimes for preaching, when I've been sick, uh, you can get up here and actually God's power is evident because I think, how did I get through that? On numerous occasions, I'll turn up on a Sunday morning and the worship leader will say to me, I feel really rough. I don't feel I can do this. And I say, no, you will. You can. And they do an amazing job. And they're not quite sure how. And it's because in their weakness, God can be powerful. Galatians 4.13, Paul, he said, as you know, it's because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. The Bible is not full of everybody getting healed and it's happy ever after. There is a theology of not being healed as well. Equally, in Acts 28 verse 9, it says that Paul healed everybody in Malta who came to him. So Paul understands the occasional nature of the gift of healing. Uh, Not all of us have got that gift, but all of us are called to pray. And that's what we're asked to do. We're always looking to point people to Jesus. You cannot heal anybody. He is the healer. How do we do it? As I say, we always point to him. Uh, When I look at the Bible, when I look at the theology of why is there so much death? Why are, I mean, you can apply this to everything, not just healing. Why the stabbings? Why the murder? Why the broken relationships? Why the cancers? Why the physical disabilities? Why the mental health? Why the emotional uh, uh, breakdown? Why... Uh, are people stressed? Why are we on record numbers of antidepressants? I think it goes right back to the beginning. It's all because of the fall. Because in the beginning it was perfect, and in the end it will be perfect. But it comes down to we're not in a perfect world now. And it's a tough theology of suffering, but it is there. But sometimes we see it in breaking, which is fantastic. We have to uh, be aware that we're part of that fallen world. We are redeemed in Christ but we are part of that fallen world. We have to deal or ask him to deal with our sin. That's what we do tonight at communion. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 30, in the context of communion, he says, you must confess your sins to the Lord. This is why some of you have gone to sleep, because you're not coming to the table in the right manner. We lay hands on people. Uh, You may wonder why we do that. Jesus sometimes just spoke, but in most cases, he laid hands or even touched someone. You should always ask permission if you're going to do that. In Luke 4.40, says, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, laid his hands on each one of them and healed them. Moreover, some demons came out of people, he rebuked them. You can often see that in healing ministry as well. There might be a spiritual sickness as well. Faith has a part to play. Uh, We have to believe in the name of Jesus. We have to recognise there are certain moments when the power of God is present. Luke 5.17 says, One day, as he was teaching, the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. There are those times when you just feel the presence of God and you think you have a rise of faith and you want to pray uh, for the sick. You just know. You just know. I've been called into various situations and sometimes, I mean, I'll always pray, I'll always pray, but sometimes there's been no hope and I've been told to prepare for funerals. And you say, well, no, I don't accept that. 
And you go in and you pray, and sometimes, you know, there's a brilliant ending, and other times there's not. But sometimes there's that rise of faith to say, no, this is not God's will, and I will pray for healing. And we didn't have the funeral. Uh, healing can uh, involve God giving you words or insight. I've, been pray- I've prayed for people, and I know other people here have done it, where they'll have a certain pain, maybe the left knee. And you say, have you got a problem with the left knee? They say, yes, well... It's like a sympathy pain, and you've prayed for them, and it's because God has told you. Uh, maybe it's a word of knowledge, a picture, whatever. Uh, but whatever it is, we always need to have real discernment. Is it physical? Is it spiritual? Is it emotional? In an ideal world, when someone is suffering, I would have a doctor, uh, a church minister, and a psychologist all in the same room. But of course, that doesn't happen. Uh, but that would be the ideal. I remember reading Selwyn Hughes that said that, and I thought that would be really helpful. Um, and we need to remember, we need faith and loyalty. Uh, Katie said a few weeks ago, we had that trust and obey, wasn't it? And it's, sometimes you have to hang on to that because you're not seeing the breakthrough. And it's faith and loyalty in spite of sickness. And as difficult as it is, and we've experienced this in our own family, we have to leave room for God's mystery and sovereignty. I have to say, the Lord reigns. I don't understand it, he reigns. But what do we do when God doesn't heal? As we look around the world, we see and we're more conscious of the vast sea of suffering rather than a small island of healing. And, and we want this because we have God in us and he's the healer and he wants to heal. But we have to look at our perspective and we have to look at God's perspective. And I'm going to finish uh, with this. From our side, we have to have faith. We have to have faith, but that is not a magic key that says, if I've got enough faith, I will be healed. Um, it's, just, it's just not the way it works. But faith does come into it. Jesus said in Matthew 17, verse 16, he said it's down to the disciples' lack of faith when they failed to heal a demonised boy. Or there's general unbelief in Mark 6, 1-4. It says that Jesus didn't perform uh, any miracles because of the unbelief of the locals. There wasn't an atmosphere of healing there. And the thing that strikes me, I've, I've spoken to many people in the past um, and even in recent history, where the guilt has been put on them, and it may be something to do with them, you've not been healed because you have your lack of faith. And, and all that does is make them even more bruised and hurt. Both of these examples uh, are not the pers- about the person receiving prayer. They're about the people around them that are praying for them. So they need to have faith as well. It may be sin. Uh, James five fourteen to 16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Mark eleven twenty five. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, forgive. And of course, in all of this, we know that God can use many different ways to heal. The body is actually really good, natural healing. If you cut yourself, it heals. It's amazing. Um, but he also works... Uh, through medical services as well. King Hezekiah suffered from a boil in 2 Kings 20, and we read that Isaiah tells him how he is to be healed. He gets a poultice of figs applied to the boil. There's medical uh, stuff going on as well. So we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We look at both. Uh, God works through both natural and supernatural means. So that's our side. We need to know that we have faith. We have to deal with um, unrepentant sin. We have to put ourselves right with God. And God's side, we have to remember that God is sovereign and there is no magic formula. It might seem a bit arbitrary to you, especially if you're suffering uh, this morning, but we have a limited, finite perspective. Sometimes you can go to places, and I've been like this on, on some mission trips myself, where everybody seems to be healed. Sometimes you go somewhere and some people are healed and sometimes I've been in situations you feel a bit of a failure where nobody 
uh, is healed. But we have to trust that God has the big picture and I don't. In my experience, and speaking to people that have suffered much more than me, and I'm not saying I want any of you to go through it, but when they've really suffered, they've experienced a much deeper relationship with God. They've cried out to him more and more and more. And I wonder, I wonder, and it's interesting, that Philippians 2 passage, you know, Jesus became obedient even to death on a cross. That wasn't, that wasn't a nice uh, sight. That was a messy thing that happened. But somehow in our suffering, we enter into Christ's sufferings. It can increase our compassion for other people. I remember, I think I told you a few weeks ago, my daughter Kaylee uh, had severe eczema uh, for the first year and a half of her life. Uh, really bad, and we, we didn't really get a lot of help. But out of that, Andrew had compassion for others and set up eczema support groups. It can lead us into a greater trust and dependence of God. But we always need that discernment when praying for people. Theologically... A lot of people talk about the kingdom of God now and not yet, and that is true. Uh, Biblical scholars mostly agree that Jesus, when he spoke about the kingdom, uh, he spoke about it in what's called now realised form, so we're going to see things happen now, but also a futuristic sense to come. The kingdom is now and it's not yet. In his earthly ministry, the kingdom was demonstrated with signs and wonders that showed the kingdom of God in the future is interrupting the present. In the future, like at the beginning, it would all be perfect. No more tears, pain or suffering or sickness. And we want to grasp some of that and bring it in to the present. And that's what he did and that's what Jesus showed. But during that that ministry, it was only partially inaugurated. The kingdom is yet to come as well. It will not be, which is a fact of life, this will will happen until the parousia or the second coming of Christ, that the works of the evil one finally will be totally eradicated. And that time is coming. There'll be no more sin or sickness or suffering or death. It's gone. And there is a new heaven and a new earth. But we live in between those times. We're in the already and the not yet. The kingdom is now and not yet. Sometimes you'll see a sunny day in January, even though it shouldn't be sunny, but it'll give you a sign of the summer to come. So we do see those inbreakings. Somehow, somehow we can borrow uh, from tomorrow. We see part of the future, the kingdom of God coming now. But even if we, life was perfect, even if we raised all the dead, Uh, and all the sick were healed, eventually they will die, short of Jesus coming back in my lifetime. So we know that sickness and death is here. But it might be today that we, we, it might be today we experience a glimpse of the tomorrow. Sometimes the answer is yes, other times the answer is yes but not yet, so that's not a straight no. I think this morning what we need to get to is we need, I think, feel that God's been saying this for a long time, increase your faith. We will see in breakings of the coming kingdom for now. We shouldn't put guilt on the sick as if it's their fault. It is, sometimes there might be things we have to deal with, but it, the, the fall happened. The emotional well-being went out the window, the mental well-being went out the window, and, and major surgery had to happen. Jesus defeats all of that and takes it to the cross. Um, cornerstone, I'm clothed in his righteousness. And yet, there's this mopping up campaign, and one day, the new heavens and new earth will be here, and then it would all be good. But in the meantime, let's keep praying for the sick, whatever that is, physical, emotional, mental, whatever it is, let's keep praying for them, expecting that sometimes we'll see an inbreak of the coming kingdom now. We'll see that hot, sunny day on January the 15th when it should be cold and icy. It won't be summer, 
but it will be a glimpse of the summer to come. And that's what we see. We see an inbreaking of the kingdom to come. It is now and not yet. Always bringing our sufferings to God, and sometimes, as hard as it is, we'll be called to embrace those sufferings. But we will be counted worthy uh, at the end. So I'm going to finish with prayer. Uh, I've had to rush through this a little bit just because of what's um, going on today. So if anyone wants to speak to me about this at another time, I know it's tough. And especially if you're sitting there this morning as someone who's suffering and, and wants healing and you haven't seen the breakthroughs, keep persevering, keep praying, don't give up. Uh, we, will, we do see breakthroughs in all sorts of ways and sometimes, as hard as it is, we just have to walk with God in the midst of the suffering, knowing that he is one who understands, he understands, I can't understand all the sickness, I can't understand, I can't say to all of you, I know how you feel because I've not been in your circumstance. But Jesus knows exactly how you feel. And he's the great healer, he's, he's, the, he's the redeemer, he's with you, he's got your eternity sorted out. You may see the kingdom of God break in for the now, or you may not, but you will be with him forever, whatever happens. Father, we thank you for your word, and on this subject of healing, we recognise that it is gifts of healing, that there are so many ways that all of us need that shalom, that peace from God, that wholeness from you. And I want to pray particularly for people here that are suffering this morning. And I pray, Lord, this teaching will go into their very inner being, that individually you would speak to them personally that your spirit would, would bring whatever truth needs to be brought out and all the other words would fall by the wayside. But I pray we would be a people, Lord, full of faith, full of expectancy, knowing that sometimes the futuristic kingdom of God breaks into the present. We will see that summer's day in a, in a cold January. But for all of us, we can look forward to the day when we are all healed and made one with you. I pray your blessing on everybody here and I pray, Lord, that we'd be open to your leading uh, give us your gift of discernment. Help us to, help us to pray. Help us to uh, have the faith and the boldness and the courage to lift others up before you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.